Meet the coconut people. They are coconuts. Life in a coconut tree is rather boring. All coconuts do is sit fastened to a tree until they are picked. When coconuts get picked, they die. You see, coconuts are designed to die immediately after leaving their mother tree. This is because if they lived past being picked, they'd have to go through the pain of being ripped apart or sucked up or simply rotting on the counter. Some coconuts are even shredded up into flakes. Now many of you are probably feeling sorry for the coconuts. No need. If coconuts didn't die immediately after getting picked, they'd have to go through the pain of being ripped apart or sucked up or shredded. While listening to the sentences I just said, it has crossed your mind that I, the narrator, am ignorant or <clears throat> stupid. Actually, that's not very far from the truth. Actually, it's nearly on the spot. <clears throat> spot on. It's not for the reason you are thinking of. Of course I realize that most people think coconuts do not have a mind of their own. But they do. And of course, I know that you are currently feeling bad for the coconuts. Not because they die when they leave the tree, but that they have no choice but to sit there and eventually die. I was simply pointing out that feeling sorry that they died immediately after leaving their mother tree was actually incredibly cruel. Coconuts like their way of living. It's actually very peaceful. Well, except one coconut. This coconut was named George. George the Coconut. When George learned about what coconuts had been doing for ages, he decided he wasn't going to sit around until he died. He was going to be a great coconut, remembered for generations of coconuts. But George had a problem. If he left the tree, he would die, and coconuts are fastened to the tree, so he couldn't really move without picking himself. He was in a real pickled coconut. Ooh, I just thought of something to add. Coconuts would also have to feel the pain of being pickled. Anyway, sorry for the interruption. But George wasn't just any coconut. He was a smart coconut, a clever coconut, a bright coconut. So George shoved himself out of that pickled coconut jar. This is a metaphor. He wasn't really in a pickled coconut jar. Only his great, great, great aunt and his second cousin four times removed. As you heard all those sentences, you probably thought to yourself, this narrator is so obnoxious. Can't they just get to the story? If this did run through your mind, I would have to agree with you. But what didn't cross your mind is how kind and generous I am. If it did cross your mind, congrats! You were absolutely positively correct. I'm a very kind and considerate narrator. And since I am so remarkably thoughtful, I will continue with the story of George, the brave coconut. At this exact second in time, you are wishing I would answer your foolish question of how George the coconut got out of this metaphorical pickled coconut jar. Yes, it is a foolish question. But because of how incredibly nice I am, I will tell you. George called a resplendent quetzal. You see, resplendent quetzals, northern viscachas, long-beaked echidnas, and a few species of fish and most cows when they turn five, can understand coconuts. I am very magical. I can perceive that you are wondering how a coconut talks when they don't have a mouth. The answer is quite simple. They don't talk. George called the bird using a technique that hadn't been used much before. Quetzals and coconuts had organized this long before George's time. In fact, it was none other than the ancient coconuts that organized this design. Narrator, get to the point! We don't need to learn about ancient coconuts and how this method was organized. We want to learn about what the heck this technique of speech is. Well, that was very rude of you to interrupt. <laughs> Just kidding. I interrupted myself. But you know why I interrupted myself? 
It's because if you had had the choice, you would have interrupted me. I was doing you a favor. Are you beginning to see how undeniably agreeable I am? Anyway, George called the Quetzal. How did George call the Quetzal? I will tell you if you stop wishing you could interrupt me. Then I feel compelled to interrupt myself. George called a Quetzal using a tactic of speech designed by the ancient coconuts and Quetzals. All George had to do was make an unbelievably noisy racket by smacking himself against the branch of his mother tree who happened to be named Molly. Before you wish you could ask, Molly didn't get hurt by George banging against her. No, rather, she watched George do this and thought he was wonderfully adorable. If you think about it, trees live considerably longer than coconuts. To Molly, George was just a tiny baby, even though he was a full-grown coconut. It's awkward for a coconut to do what George knew he had to do. As you know, coconuts are a round fruit fastened to a tree. In George's case, a mini branch connected him to Molly. He used that branch to hit himself against Molly. If you had been there when George did this, and previously had known what he was about to do, you would not have expected the sound that George made when he made contact with Molly. It was a musical sound, rather like a harp. After George had done this 23 times, he stopped. He didn't have to wait long. Soon a beautiful Quetzal flew into view. Hello, George the Coconut, it thought to George's mind. Hello, Quetzal, what is your name? George responded to the Quetzal's mind. I am Pamela. Thank you for coming when I called, Pamela. Pamela bowed. Of course. Can you take me to the Grand Canyon? Of course, get on my back. George abruptly grew arms and legs. I will take a moment to explain Quetzals. Very few people know it, but Quetzals had the slightest bit of magic. It is what enables them to carry coconuts such as George, which would be inappropriate for a coconut size. It is also what enables them to talk to coconuts and come when they call. Magic is why, when George banged against Molly, it made a musical sound. I will now answer the question you wish you could ask. Do northern biscotchas, long-beaked echidnas, a few species of fish, and most cows when they turn five have magic? The answer is no. They don't come when called. The only reason they can talk to coconuts is because the ancient coconuts designated them as the select coconut talkers. Oh, did I mention that coconuts have magic? Well, in case I didn't, they do. Since Quetzals have magic of their own, they are not part of the select coconut talkers. Next question you wish you could ask, why are they thinking to each other? Magic. And also, how do you think George would talk if they didn't communicate telepathically? Finally, you wonder why George wants to visit the Grand Canyon. But come on, don't you? It sounds awesome. Anyway, George sprouted arms and legs. You wish you could ask why. <laughs> why such a stupid question? How else would he ride the Quetzal? He needs to hold on. He's just a round ball. He would roll right off. You wish you could remind me, the narrator of this story, about magic. But I'm laughing at you right now because, come on, how hilarious. Quetzals and coconuts don't have enough magic for that. You also wish you could ask how. Magic, duh. I'm attached to this tree, Pamela. You and I need to combine magic to help me stay alive. All right. Pamela placed her beak on the branch attaching George to the tree. George placed his hand on him. One, two, three, go, Pamela thought. She and George focused all their power onto the branch. It snapped. But George didn't die. Thank you, he thought to Pamela with a flood of relief. Have you ever seen a coconut with arms and legs? You probably haven't. If you have, it's just about the weirdest things to behold ever. Anyway, just needed to point that out. George used his newly grown arms and legs to climb onto Pamela's back. 
She took off, flying north. How long is it to our destination? George asked. Two or three hours, Pamela replied. You might as well get to know one another. Do you have a mate? Still searching for the right one. You'll find him. Thank you. Apparently, that was George's version of getting to know someone. So the two completely different living creatures spent most of the trip in silence. Remember, I said most of the time. At one point, George noticed a male Quetzal. Hey, Pamela, isn't that Quetzal beautiful? He thought to his ride. Where? Over there, George pointed with his mind. Oh, Pamela thought, suddenly all fluttery. George called the Quetzal over. What's your name? George asked. Jim, the male Quetzal responded. This is Pamela, George said. But you can call me Pam, Pamela cut in. Nice to meet you, Pam, Jim said, and didn't even ask for George's name. This was because he already knew it. When a coconut calls a Quetzal, they include their name. Pam sneezed. Yes, Quetzals can sneeze. I don't care what you wish you could tell me. You know, Jim thought to Pam, you have a really fat sneeze. Pam blushed. Yes, Quetzals can blush. I don't care how stupid you think I am. You're the stupid one. Thank you, Jim, Pam called. He's right, George cut in. From then on, Jim thought stuff only to Pam, meaning George couldn't hear. It didn't take long for George to get bored, so he was very grateful when Pam landed on the ground. Thank you for taking me here, Pam, George told his newfound Quetzal friend. I didn't tell you you could call me Pam. Oh, sorry. George suddenly felt really awkward. It's okay, just don't call me Pam in the future. Okay, bye. Bye. And with that, Pam, er, <clears throat> Pamela went to go join her new friend Jim, who could call her Pam. George looked around and decided he liked the Grand Canyon. He toddled over to a bench and felt like a very brave coconut. That was The Brave Coconut by Lucy. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.